Today is October the 11th. Today, we see Esther's plot. Yesterday, you began to read the book of Esther. Today, I'd like you to read chapters 4 through 7. You were introduced to Esther uh, yesterday. Queen Vashti of Artaxerxes displeased her husband. He divorced her and began looking for another uh, young, attractive woman. And Esther actually won a Miss Babylonia contest and ended up being the wife of uh, Artaxerxes. Now, in chapter 3, we begin to see some of the problems that were raised. In chapter 3, verse 2, Artaxerxes had a key official, basically a viceroy named Haman. In chapter 3, verse 2, everyone would bow down before Haman when he passed by, and Haman liked that. But Mordecai wouldn't. Mordecai followed the pattern of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from uh, Daniel in not bowing down to anyone but the Lord God. Well, Haman was displeased, and so Haman planned to uh, destroy the Jews. So he talks to Artaxerxes, and uh, together... Uh, they decide that anyone who does not show adequate uh, obeisance to uh, the king or the king's officials should be put to death. Uh, they cast lots. In Babylonian Purim, uh, they cast sticks to decide when that would take place. And it comes up on what New Living Translation calls March 7th what Hebrew says was the 13th of the month Adar, March 7th, roughly. Well, uh, Haman uh, uh, begins to plot then against the Jews. And on March 7th of the following year, he will carry out his plan and have the Jews exterminated, uh, kill all of them, because they would not bow down before him or King Artaxerxes. Um, Mordecai in chapter 4 goes to Esther, who is a Jewess. Artaxerxes is not aware of this, and he says, please use your position to uh, change this decree. Well, in chapter 5, we see Esther's plot. Esther holds a banquet. She comes to the king and says, uh, give me what I would ask of you. The king says, ask away. And she says, let me cook for you. <laughs> Come to a banquet. He does. She says, I want to invite not only you, but Haman, your viceroy. They come, and at the end of the evening, King Xerxes says, so what do you really want? And Esther says, let me cook for you again. So they plan 
a second banquet. In the meantime, the king has his uh, uh, subjects read annals of his history. He's reminded of Mordecai's uh, kindness to him. In Mordecai uncovered a plot to assassinate Artaxerxes. The king says, what did we ever do to Mordecai to thank him for that? And they said, nothing. He said, okay, we've got to change that. So he calls Haman. In the meantime, Haman has erected a massive sharpened pole in the courtyard on which he plans to impale Mordecai. The king calls Haman and says, uh, what do you do to a man who has pleased the king? Haman thinks, wow, he's planning this for me. And so he says, uh, dress him in your own purple robes. Put him on your own chariot. Parade him through the streets and have the key officials go before the chariot shouting, this is how the great king honors his loyal subjects. Xerxes says, great, go and do that for Mordecai, and you be the one in front of the chariot calling out, this is how the king honors his loyal subjects. Uh, Mordecai can't, or Haman just can't believe it. We come then to chapter 7. Esther has her uh, second banquet, and during the second banquet at the end of it, King Artaxerxes says, what do we need to do? Uh, what do you want? And Esther says, my king, I am a Jewess. There is an edict that Haman has himself written that would kill all Jews in your kingdom, including myself. Please protect my family. The king is so upset that he gets up and leaves. Haman sees what's happening, realizes he also didn't know that Esther was a Jewess, actually the niece of Mordecai. So he goes to her, falls at her feet, grabs her feet to plead with her, just as the king re-enters and sees Haman clutching, grabbing at Esther. And he says, not only would you kill her, you want to rape her in front of me. And he takes Haman and has him impelled on the post that Haman had erected in the courtyard. What a story. But it's not the end of the book of Esther. We'll come back tomorrow and read the end of the book of Esther. For now, enjoy as you read this story, Esther 4 through 7. Esther 4-7, through 7, New Living Translation, Esther 4. When Mordecai learned about all that had been done, he tore his clothes, he put on burlap and ash, and went into the city, crying with a loud and bitter wail. He went as far as the gate of the palace, for no one was allowed to enter the palace gate while wearing clothes of mourning. And as news of the king's decree reached all the provinces, there was great mourning among the Jews. They fasted, wept, and wailed, and many people laid in burlap and ashes. When Queen Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was deeply distressed. She sent clothing to him to replace the burlap, but he refused it. 
Then Esther sent for Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed as her attendant. She ordered him to go to Mordecai and find out what was troubling him and why he was in mourning. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the square in front of the palace gate. Mordecai told him the whole story, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai gave Hathach a copy of the decree issued in Susa that called for the death of all Jews. He asked Hathach to show it to Esther and explain the situation to her. He also asked Hathach to direct her to go to the king and beg for mercy and plead for her people. So Hathach returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Then Esther told Hathach to go back and relay this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come to him for thirty days. So Hathach gave Esther's message to Mordecai. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther, Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen just for such a time as this? Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and my maids will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go and see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Esther 5 On the third day of the fast, Esther put on her royal robes and entered the inner court of the palace, just across from the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out the gold scepter to her. So Esther approached and touched the end of the scepter. When the king asked her, What do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. And Esther replied, If it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come today to a banquet I have prepared for the king. The king turned to his attendants and said, Tell Haman to come quickly to a banquet as Esther has requested. So the king and Haman went to Esther's banquet, and while they were drinking wine, the king said to Esther, Now tell me what you really want. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. Esther replied, This is my request and deepest wish. If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request and do what I ask, please come with Haman tomorrow to the banquet I will prepare for you. Then I will explain what this is all about. Haman was a happy man as he left the banquet, but when he saw Mordecai sitting at the palace gate, not standing up or trembling nervously before him, Haman became furious. However, he restrained himself and went on home. Then Haman gathered together his friends and Zeresh his wife, and boasted to them about his great wealth and his many children. He bragged about the honors the king had given him and how he had been promoted over all other nobles and officials. Then Haman added, And that's not all. Queen Esther invited only me and the king himself to the banquet she prepared for us, and she has invited me to dine with her and the king again tomorrow. 
Then he added, But this is all worth nothing as long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting there at the palace gate. So Haman's wife, Zeresh, and all his friends suggested, set up a sharpened pole that stands seventy-five feet tall, and in the morning ask the king to impale Mordecai on it. When this is done, you can go on your merry way to the banquet with the king. This pleased Haman, and he ordered the pole set up. Esther 6 That night the king had trouble sleeping, so he ordered an attendant to bring the book of the history of his reign so it could be read to him. In those records he discovered an account of how Mordecai had exposed the plot of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the eunuchs who guarded the door of the king's private quarters. They had plotted to assassinate King Xerxes. What reward or recognition was ever given Mordecai for this? the king asked. His attendants replied, Nothing has been done for him. Who is that in the outer courtyard? the king inquired. As it happened, Haman had just arrived in the outer courtyard of the palace to ask the king to impale Mordecai on the pole he had prepared. So the attendants replied to the king, Haman is out in the courtyard. Bring him in, the king ordered. So Haman came in, and the king said, What should I do to honor a man who truly pleases me? Haman thought to himself, whom would the king wish to honor more than me? So he replied, If the king wishes to honor someone, he should bring out one of the king's own royal robes, as well as a horse that the king himself has ridden, one with a royal emblem on his head. Let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials, and let him see that the man whom the king wishes to honor is dressed in the king's robes and led through the city square on the king's horse." Have the officials shout as they go. This is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor. Excellent, the king said to Haman. Quick, take the robes and my horse, and do just as you have said for Malachi the Jew, who sits at the gate of the palace. Leave out nothing you have suggested. So Haman took the robes and put them on Mordecai, placed him on the king's own horse, and led him through the city square, shouting, this is what the king does for someone he wishes to honor. Afterward, Mordecai returned to the palace gate, but Haman hurried home dejected and completely humiliated. When Haman told his wife Zeresh and all his friends what had happened, his wise advisers and his wife said, Since Mordecai, this man who has humiliated you, is of Jewish birth, you will never succeed in your plans against him. It will be fatal to continue opposing him. While they were still talking, the king's eunuchs arrived and quickly took Haman to the banquet Esther had prepared. Esther 7 So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet. On this second occasion, while they were drinking wine, the king again said to Esther, Tell me what you want, Queen Esther. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. Queen Esther replied, if I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of my people will be spared, for my people and I have been sold to those who would kill, slaughter, and annihilate us. If we have merely been sold as slaves, I could remain quiet, for that would be too trivial a matter to warrant disturbing the king. Who would do such a thing? King Xerxes demanded. Who would be so presumptuous as to touch you? Esther replied, This wicked Haman is your adversary and our enemy. Haman grew pale with fright before the king and queen. Then the king jumped to his feet in a rage and went out into the palace garden. Haman, however, 
stayed behind and pleaded for his life with Queen Esther, for he knew that the king intended to kill him. In despair, he fell on the couch where Queen Esther was reclining. Just as the king was returning from the palace garden, the king exclaimed, Will he even assault the queen right here in the palace before my very eyes? And as soon as the king spoke, his attendants covered Haman's face, signaling his doom. Then Harbona, one of the king's units, said, Haman has set up a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet tall in his own courtyard. He intended to use it to impale Mordecai, the man who saved the king from assassination, then impale Haman on it, the king ordered. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai, and the king's anger subsided. Scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll find out why Esther was written.